the idea of repeating, whereas it seems to be some way, it has a like negative connotation to some extent. You know, you can't think of anything new type of thing. But I had the following experience. The Rashiva Gifter would, would say the, um, he had maybe like, you know, 20 different stories that he would say over again and again and again. And I remember like that when I was younger, it sort of bothered me. Like, can't they give us any new stories, you know, like anything like, you know, exciting, new, etc. But as I got older, I realized a fascinating thing. I knew those stories about, I knew those stories verbatim because I heard them so many times over the years that I could, I, I could tell you, I could tell you the stories to this day. I can, I can tell you it over, it was in Yiddish, but with, with the inflection, and he had the same inflection every time, and with the same words, and he never apologized for repeating himself. Like, it wasn't like, you know, you, I'm sorry you heard the story, but I want to repeat it anyway. He went, just went straight into the story. I says, the first time I walked to tell us the base matters in Europe, I took the three steps down, I saw this young man over there. Like, every, it's, it's the same line, but I could, I, the stories are, 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 are seared into my memory because I heard them so many times. And I realized that you hear these stories and they're very exciting. You hear them one time. You know, that, that's not how you absorb a story or you absorb a lesson. You have to hear it multiple times and it starts going in. So that was like a fascinating um, insight into this idea of like, it, 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 there's only that we, you should repeat things because this way uh, you'll absorb them better. Or Gifter would tend, in the, in, even in the Shmuzin, there were certain ideas which he would repeat multiple times. So... Um, uh, fine. So with that introduction, that, that this, you're gonna, you heard this already, and so at some point in time along the way, David, you want to take over and uh, start, you know, telling me what I'm going to say next. You know, you can do that. So uh, there's a redaka we hear in this exposure, which is not just the redaka, the Rebbeinu Um Rabag, others all say this idea. So the um, the story with Avram Avinu and Avimelech, and he challenges the Kaddish Baruch. He says, "I didn't do anything wrong. Why, why are you uh, threatening that you're going to uh, that I'm that I have to be killed? I'm going to be killed." Okay. So the version says, "I withheld you." The Russian says back, I know that I know what you did and what you didn't do, and I withheld you from from sinning to me. Now that ki lekel hoyechet im over mitzvah who should see what is in the aleshazish moshek So first of all, um, there one of the one of the mitzvahs seven mitzvahs of the name of the is aleshazish. And furthermore, even if this specific type of action was not explicitly given the command, the logic tells you that, that it should be so. Why do we have Seichel? Russian gave us Seichel. And the Seichel tells you that this is the appropriate thing to do and this is something which is inappropriate to do. So it means the Bersha made our minds think a certain way. Why does our Seichel tell us that? So that that's the Bersha putting our making our minds function a certain way. So that's as if Hashem told us, don't do it. 
The seichel of the human being is part of Hashem's messenger. And the seichel is what indicates the person to, not to do something inappropriate. But that is, the seichel of the person is acting in the, um, in the capacity of a vehicle into a Kavosh mind, or what a Kavosh wants for man. Right. Uh, so this idea is an interesting idea. Um, that that um, the Ramchal comes into this idea from the, the Kabbalistic approach as well. He says, you know, that when we learn Torah, everything we learn should make sense to us. It doesn't make sense that whatever we learn doesn't make sense. Why? Because if the Bereshim gave us a mitzvah to learn Torah, he should... If I'm the creator and I'm trying to create this 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 relationship and I'm saying, I want you to do X, I'm going to give you the the the, the, the right tools to be able to do X. So if the Bereshim gave us a mitzvah to learn Torah, he says... So then he should give us a mind which is able to learn Torah. The, it, the, when we find certain ideas of Torah seem to make, you know, seem to be logical to us, that's a, there's a reason why that's so. Because the Bershom made our mind congruent with the thought process of the Torah. He says, to the point that we should, be, we should wonder why is it when we don't understand something in Torah? That, 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 that's, a, that's a question which we should ask. And he answers it from a Kabbalistic point of view to explain why sometimes there's difficulty understanding ideas of Torah. So it was this, it was a, this this you know this is a hashkafa concept, but it actually plays out in the world of halacha. So the Gemara the Gemara discusses sometimes different ideas in, in halacha, and the, and the Gemara says, "How do I know this?" So the Gemara searches for a source. So you find many places in Shasta where it says, Iboy Iboy If you want, I can give you a pasuk for it. If you want, I can give you a logic for it. Which means you're putting the logic on par with the pasuk. There's three places in Shasta where it says even stronger language. The where it says, Kralamali Svarahu. What do you need a pasuk for? It's logical. Right? So that's, that's taking it even a step further. That it's going to be a waste of a pasuk because the, the logic tells you that it's so. So, which means the Russian wants us to rely on our logic to figure this out and to understand that. So, there's a Gemara in Brachas and Daf Lamed and Aleph. The Gemara wants to know what is the source of the, the deal that we make a bracha before we eat. So, the Gemara starts based on a pasuk. The Gemara challenges the source of the pasuk. The Gemara goes to a different source. The more challenges that, the more says, Ella, you know what, you're right. Swarahu. It's also the Hanasmah. It doesn't make sense that you should be allowed to take benefit from this world without first saying some form of of recognition to Kadosh Baruch. It's he's the source of it. So you should recognize he's the source before you partake of it. So more says Swarahu. Now, at the beginning of the Gemara, the, the, the flow of the Gemara is something that the Gemara starts off, the Gemara says that there's a source in apostles. That's going to be a, that's going to be a Torah concept. The Gemara says, well, that's not a good source. The Gemara says, okay, well, let's, 
we have a, a source where it is the raisa, and let's learn from there. Um, after a person eats, so a person has to bench, if he eats bread, and according to many Risharnam, the Rashba, the Rosh, Renayarna, etc., the person eats any one of the seven species, which are the praise of Eretz Yisrael, the, the, what we, we make a, on that what's called the Brocha Achaz Min Shalvish, Ala or Ala Eitz, Ala Gefen, they hold that to the Raisa. So the Gemara says, let's learn from there to everywhere else. So that's going to be a Torah, Torah, the Gemara says you can't. Okay, so now you're left with, until now we've been discussing on the Raisa, the Gemara says, okay, it's a Swara. So what's the Gemara saying? You know what, forget it, it's not the Raisa, it's the Rabbanon. And all this is a swore. The more saying, you know, whatever we were trying to accomplish before, based on Sukkot, we can get from a Pasuk. So Ramam says that Brachos are the Rabbanon, with the exception of benching. Um, but the Pnei Shulchan the Long says that the Brachos are the Raisa. The Brachos that you make before you eat are the Raisa, based on this Gemara. Because a swore is compelling on the Torah level. Okay? Um... And that, but that he explains that there's a toysis, we have a, we rule Savak Brachos the Hako, Savak the Rabbanon the Kula, there's a toysis which says, in the case you have a Savak Bracha, you're Machmer, not, not the Yamako. So he says, why would that be? Because, because Brachos are the Raisa. So a person has a midst of the Raisa before he eats food to say a Bracha, according to that. It's not the Rabbanon. So here that the Svara is going to create a new mitzvah. So it comes along the Tzlach on that. That Yeshua, he says, one second. All the places that we have the, the application of Svara in, in in the Gemara are cases where you have the the halachic the the, 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 the 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 framework is there based on Pesukim of the Torah. The details Svara works out the details, but to create a brand new mitzvah based on a Svara that we don't, we don't, we don't find anywhere in Shas. So he disagrees with Pnei Yeshua. So how so how far? What are the parameters of creating something based on Svara? So the Pnei Yeshua says we can create a new mitzvah based on Svara. There's no mitzvah in the Torah anywhere to make a bracha before you eat, but Lajah tells you that's the right thing to do. Therefore, that's a mitzvah to rise according to Pnei Yeshua to make a bracha before you eat. He says, and he finds it strange that nobody raises this point that according to this Gemara should be in the rise, because it's logical that you it's a Bereshit's world, and you should not partake of the world without without. Giving some recognition that it belongs to Hashem. The Slach says you can't do that. The, the cases of Swar, which you find in Shas, the, the, the more it applies it, so the more, where does the more raise that, 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 that phrase? Kriyagar says it's three places in Shas. So where it comes the, the, the rule of a Mutsimachorelavurai. So if two people go to court, the person has possession. He has the advantage, and the, the person who's coming to take it away from him has to prove with Adim, etc. And Moses says, How do you know that? So Yushalmi brings a Pasuk. The Babli brings it, starts bringing a Pasuk. Moses says, You know what? Forget about the Pasuk. Kralamali, Swara, who needs a Pasuk? It's a Swara. A person has a, has a tooth, has, has a pain, goes to the doctor. Right? You need the money. I don't need the money. I have the money. You got the problem. So you go to the doctor. Leave me out of it. Right? That's what Moses says. Kralamali, Swara. There's a rule in Shas called Pesha Aser Pesha Hitter. Right? A person who, cre- who creates a, 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 a statement has a right to clarify their statements, which potentially the statement is negative, then they have a right to clarify and say that it's not negative to them. So a woman walks into Bezin and says, you know, I'm an Eshazish. So the law says she's not, she can't marry anybody because she says she's married. 
She said she washed the bed. I wasn't. She said, but I got divorced. Okay, so she allowed to marry because she said she got divorced. Right? We we will we allow her to give us a full full thought. Right? The more says that's called pesha also pesha. The more says how do you know that? The more says oh, it's a posting. What is that? Who needs a posting? So that that's the so the, the Tzach says we're we're discussing how does Ad, how does Adis work in Bezdin? Person can can walk in the bed and make a statement about themselves which is negative and they're and they're bound by it. But over here we're clarifying that it's not really called a negative statement because they she clarified right away that she doesn't mean it in a negative sense. She means I was divorced but now I was married but now I'm a divorced. Okay. But to create a new mitzvah because of that you can't do it. But here the Radak is saying that even if there was no mitzvah which told you, no command which told you that this it's inappropriate, if logic tells you it's inappropriate that's called Hashem talking to you. So it means you can create a mitzvah based on a logic. Even though it, it's not it, a detail in the context of a larger mitzvah. Right? It's, it's, it's the general concept. The Bershom made our minds that our minds should, if, we, if they aren't influenced by other things, if we're being honest and letting our minds think through something in the appropriate way, so we should come up with the right results. Um, there's some ice with, with uh, the Chaim Reis, or Chaim Reis says that the Russian created everything in the world for a reason. Why the Russian created a Kruma cup? Kruma cup means a you know a, twi- a twisted mind. You, know, you, you don't think straight. The Russian created everything for a reason. Why did he create people? He's only talking to guys like the guy doesn't think straight. He's not he's not normal. Like what's your problem? Just think straight. Nah, you know, and you and you can't conv- you can't fight with that because he's convinced that he's right. You know, right. So why did Russia do that? Like the Russia could could not have made that things could should be you know people's minds should be logical. She so says he created the Kruma Cup to down the Chavzchus. Have that the to down the Chavzchus. You know the reason why the person didn't come didn't respond they didn't come to my when I asked him to was because was probably you know he broke his toe and that's what happened you know probably didn't break his toe and probably he just was a, was a lazy bum and he didn't show up. No, Don Lechavsus, that he that everything he really you know he had a good reason. So that's a Krumel cup. That's Bershom created the Krumel cup for that. That's what's but otherwise you shouldn't use your Krumel cup for that purpose. You should use your logic to tell you like that. So what's the problem? Sometimes there's a concept of shaychad. I don't want to think straight because that's going to create results that I don't want. So therefore, I my mind's being an obedient servant to, to my to my desires will think incorrectly, but if I can remove the the shaykha, the bribery of this that which is causing me to think incorrectly, the mind, the logic of the human being, the Russian made it that we can understand the mitzvahs. So there's a fascinating Gemara that the, the Gemara says that by like by Shemitz has been in Iraq, there's no argument of I didn't know. So we discussed this once, this idea that, you know, he can't argue, I didn't know. What do you mean you didn't know? Think about it. You'll figure it out. So by the Tari Mitzvahs, there's certain mitzvahs, like, I, I didn't know. You know, the person never knew there was such a mitzvah. So he's a Tinnik vis-a-vis that mitzvah. He never knew. So he's a Shagig. He's an Arnus. But these mitzvahs, I didn't know it was bad to steal. I thought it was a good idea to steal. Like, I, I, I thought it was an appropriate thing to do. What do you mean you thought it was an appropriate thing to do? If you would if you would think honestly about it without the desire to, to take possessions, which is leading you astray, 
you would think you would recognize the fact that that's something which is inappropriate to do. Um, so the Bershom gave us a very, very valuable clea to find the truth, which is called our seichel. So the, this, the Sefer Chavos Levavos says that every, every, every idea that he's going to present in the Sefer, he's going to put it on three foundations. He's going to try and find Psukim and Tanakh, which support it. He's going to try and find Chazals, which support it. Statements about Chazal, which support it. And he's going to find support it based on the concept of logic. And show how logically this makes sense. This is it's the right thing to do. So, you know, one part of us says, you know, like, you know, that's, it, like, you have already the, the, the Psukim, and you have already the sources in, in, in the Chazal, Gomorrah, Medrash, etc. You also need the Seichel. So what are you saying? That the Seichel, if it makes sense, it's a good, it's a, it's a good deposit. If that is not, that's shown. I mean, we recognize that things which, there are things which are beyond my mind. And that, that's, you know, I'm not going to send everything. Um, there's a Meissen once, I think I told you over with, with um, that uh, somebody asked of Huttner, you know, that that, uh, that, that in certain circles of the this this concept of infallibility, infallibility of the Pope. It says, you know, we don't believe in infallibility. We believe that a Tibetan can make mistakes. Right? So, uh, you know, maybe your Russia finds they got it wrong. How do I know that Russia finds they got it right? So, the footer said, you go, to, you, you go to take a class in physics and you walk in and the teacher is Einstein. And Einstein starts teaching the class and you realize that Einstein, you know, he's saying something which just doesn't, it's, it's not right, it's not, it's not correct, physics. So you point out to excuse me, uh, Professor Einstein, I said, I think you're wrong. Right? He says, would you do that? What would you think? Maybe he knows more about physics than you do and maybe he's right and you're wrong. He says, am I saying Einstein is infallible? Of course Einstein's not infallible. He's a human being. But if you think you're the guy who's going to cop Einstein a mistake, you're an idiot. That was a footer's line. And it says, you're, and now, you probably should say you're an arrogant idiot. Right? Right? You know, it, it's very possible he made a mistake, but it's more probable that you did. Right? So that was a footer's response. To, you know, if you think that Rosh Hashanah made a mistake, it's possible. But the probabilities are that he wasn't the problem; you were the problem. You know, like that was that was uh, that was her footer's response to that. So the point I'm saying is, yes, there are things which need a tremendous amount of thought process, and I don't. Who said I have the, I have the brain power to figure that out? Well, it doesn't make sense to me. Must be it's wrong. No, maybe maybe you don't have the brain power to figure it out. They once um, asked one of the Gdalei Hasidus, like you know, is he bothered by the fact that the world doesn't make any sense? He says, I'd be very bothered by the fact that the world makes sense. He says, a God whose level of, of thought process is similar to mine is not the God I want to be serving. I want to be serving a God whose thought process is bigger than mine. If everything that he does has to be answerable to me, then I'm, I'm, I'm minimizing him. So there are definitely going to be things that the Russian does which don't make any sense. Don't make any sense to me. He's not answerable to me. The same way a child doesn't comprehend everything his parents are doing, because his understanding is limited. 
right? But the other hand, if he thinks something through and it's clear to him that this is, you know, this is something what he would want his parents would want him to do, so at some point the, the, the probabilities are that he's going to get that right. He's learned how they how they act and how they think and what they expect, and he's extrapolating, etc. So we walk this fine line between if it doesn't make sense to me, it's not right, which is incorrect. Of course, it, it, who said you're you're the be all end all know know it all of everything? If it doesn't make sense to me, it can't be true, right? Right? If you think about it, that's an that's that that, that it's such an illogical sentence. Right. On the one hand, on the other hand, what the Radak is saying, and the Benukai says it as well, and others that that the Bresham gave us this, this tremendously powerful utensil of how to act, called your mind. He gave it to you for a reason. Right? And he's expecting you to listen to the dictates of, of your of your seichel. And I'm telling you that this is something that it's appropriate to do, it's that you're that you're it's incumbent upon you to do this action, or to refrain from something. You should listen to what what it's saying. Um, so he continues and says, "So where where is the logic over here? Because the idea of one person will take advantage of somebody else by grabbing something of his is because it's going to undermine." The stability of the world. If taking his money is ra, was he could If I would take the person himself, it's horrible. Taking his wife is equivalent to taking the person. So I don't need a I don't need a person to tell me that's wrong to take somebody's wife. So that so Bershom says says to to Abimelech, this this is a, a sin. Even though if I never told you explicitly not to do this, I've told you. By 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 giving you the thought process of understanding that. So. Um, so it seems to be going back to what we were saying before. There seems to be machloikas between the, 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 the how far you take this concept. The slach says you cannot that the concept of, of Savara can't generate new things, new responsibilities, new mitzvahs, etc. What it can do is within the context of the mitzvah that we have, we use suara. Now, the next step is what's a suara? Is every suara a valid suara? Right? So, just because maybe the reason why I'm thinking a certain way is because I was trained to think a certain way, which is not necessarily the right way to think. Right? Can, I, can I rely on that process? Um, One of the fascinating things, which I, which when I was in Tells, so I gave a night shear once a week, twice I mean, it came twice a week for people in, in Haskalas Gemara. So, um, so um, it was people who didn't have a background; they never learned Gemara before, and they were I was giving them the, the background on how to learn Gemara, etc. This one I went on for quite some time. Eventually, obviously, the people became fairly proficient. And they graduated out of out of graduated bound. Um, and one of the challenges with the, what these people had is that they never learned Gamora before, and they these people were quite accomplished in their fields. Like I remember, one guy was like he was like he was just like 
so frustrated. Like the the thought process of how Gemara works is not the same way you you you're, you're trained to learn learn a subject in, in college. The back and the forth and the arguing and the possibilities. It, it's not very. It's not creating outlines and filling things in. It's not done in a very orderly fashion, etc. He just found the whole thing to be very. Um, besides the reading aspect of it, but even just the thought process, of it, he found it very challenging. This fellow at the point in th- that point in time was the head of the IT department of a multi-billion-dollar corporation. He wasn't stupid. <laughs> you don't get that position for nothing, you know. Like, remember, I, I had, I had one fellow was that, another fellow was a, 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 a was listed in who's who in chemistry. The fellow was, and I looked up when I looked up his entry. The guy had a very long entry with a lot of different things under his belt, different papers and you know, patents, etc. He worked for a company in Cleveland called Lubrizol. Um, and then there was a fellow who was a mathematician. He was a, he, he, the mathematician was the smartest one in the group. This guy was like just brilliant off the charts, you know. And they never learned Gemara before. And they just like you know, I, I felt they I, so they they started coming out to yeshiva to learn. The you know, once week I went to I went to the community. Once week they came to yeshiva. And one of the guys says, you know, Rebbe, I'm sitting next to this ninth, ninth, ninth grader who's reading the Gemara ten times better than me. It, it's really, it's really humbling. <laughs> like, you know, he's this kid that was like, and I'm like, uh, 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 you know. But it wasn't just the reading; it was the the logic didn't. Right? So that you know, yeah, you've been trained to think a certain way. So not everything is going to be. But he says there's a certain basic concepts of 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 how society should think, which are givens. That's what Radak is saying. It's possible to 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 take those away, to, to lose them, right? Um, so the storm is destroyed. What they do wrong. So if, right, they were horrible people, right? What they do wrong. So the the Ben Yarna in Shari Chuva in Shari Gimel says. That the pasuk Yechelso says what they did wrong, they didn't give stalker. They did. They did no stalker. That's why they were destroyed. Now there's plenty of people who have made a shita out of not giving stalker. Right? That the whole idea of welfare is is horrible. The idea of giving you know if you earn it, fine. If you don't earn it, starve to death. You need to learn responsibility, you know, you know, Ayn Rand, you know, the whole, like, you know, this is like, this, it's become, well, I, 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 how they know they're supposed to give stalker, there's no, not when the Shemitah says, they don't have to give stalker. Right? So how do they know that they're supposed to give stalker, that they were, they, that they were destroyed, not just that they were like, you know, it was total destruction, it means that this, this part of the world had to be eradicated. There shouldn't be a cancer which which will which will damage this damage the world. I mean, how do they know that? Well, Seichel tells you it's a logical thing. There's plenty of people that Seichel not telling them that. Terence is, you know, that that there's a the person has to recognize that there's a little bit of a of a shoicha in your thought process. Asking to give away my money, which I earned, is hard. So of course I'm gonna my 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 mind's gonna start twisting it to my benefit. But if you take out out of the picture, you take that out of the picture. The 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 out of the picture. The thought process 
will come to the, there's there's an, a, a logic understanding that that the, the the appropriate way to act in the world is to, is to share. There's a book that I read. It was published by uh, two people in Eretz Yisrael. Um, it was called the twi- the the the, um, the two thousand and one uh, principle. A little booklet. I picked it up once and tell somebody had, had dropped it off over there. I picked it up and I picked it up. I ended up reading the whole eighty pages while I was just standing there, like you know, like this. You know, um, it was reprinted eventually um, with a different name because not everybody saw the, the movie Two Thousand One Space Odyssey, right? What was what was what was the, the, the argument of the book? The argument of the book is there's something called cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance means I I buy a car and I lay out you know. $20,000 for a brand new car, $30,000 for a brand new car. I dr- bring it home. Somebody says, you want that car? Ah, there's so many problems with it. I'm not going to hear that thought process. I just laid out $30,000 for that. I don't want to hear that my, my car is bad. And that's not really true, and I make up these stories, you know, and I have all these answers in my mind because I can't absorb that thought process. Right? If I never bought the car, I have no cognitive dissonance, I can hear what the person is saying. So, the idea that something is logically—it's obvious that 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 it's created—that it, there was a there, there there was a there was an intelligent thought process behind creating something, but behind an object. There's always a cognitive dissonance about that. It means there's, it means there's a creator, and you have respect. Then if there's a creator, there's a whole different ball game. You're living in the world which is not yours. So taking somebody that he should come to the, the thought process and recognize that there's a creator is going to be a challenge. But let's say I would take away the cognitive dissonance. Can you figure out that, that logic tells me that something was created? He says, well, that's what they did in the movie. They come to this, this place of being and they see this um, obelisk which is, and they assume that, there, that, there was, that somebody made it. Well, maybe it happened by itself. Because logic tells you that those type of shapes, which are so smooth and, and sharp corners, etc., don't happen by themselves. She says, so really, the movie was a laboratory of the level of complexity which you need to tell, tell people that probably there was, there was a, a, a mastermind behind it as opposed to it happening by itself. And the level of complexity was not very hard. It was a, 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 a pillar with four sides to it. So why do we have millions of people which can't think that through and say but there must be a creator? Because th- there's a cognitive dissonance. But take away the cognitive dissonance, we all agree that this is the, the level of complexity which you need, while the world is much more complex than that. That was the, the introduction to the book. So they called it the, the 2001 Principle, I think it was something like that. Um... They repented it called the obvious proof. That was like the, because I guess after 2001, nobody saw the movie. Um, I also, I'm dating myself with the, with the people here. If they're all nodding their heads, yeah, I saw the movie, okay. I repented it, probably never even heard of it. Um, 2001 Space Odyssey. You ever hear of it? No, it's a, it's a movie back in the eighties, seventies, seventies even maybe, seventies, eighties. Right. 
Yeah. About who? Oh, okay. Okay, so one second. So, um, so what we're doing is saying that, that we have to recognize that sometimes the thought process won't get where we need to get to because there's something which is, which is motivating us not to think straight. So, so Rechonon has the same horror. He says, we ask, a 13-year-old child becomes a bar mitzvah, he's chiving all the mitzvahs. One of the mitzvahs is Kiddush Hashem. Kiddush Hashem means that a person is willing to give up their life for their creator in certain circumstances. He says, the greatest philosophers in the world couldn't convince himself for sure that there's a God. And we're asking this 13-year-old boy to have such a clarity about it that he, he's willing to go into, into a, a fiery furnace if necessary. How does it work? So he says, because the world screams that there's a creator. The world screams that the, that the logic tells you there's such a thing. So why do people see it? Because they're shaykhad. Right? But if a person takes away the shaykhad, the, the thought process will give you a clarity of understanding that, that it's so. So we have to recognize there are things which are going to lead us astray. But if we take those away, the Bershom, the logical thing, what the, what the, what the Radak is saying and what the, what the Ramchal is saying in his way is the Bershom made our minds, our minds should understand what the Bershom wants us to do. It's not, it's not logical that our minds should think otherwise. So I once had a conversation with the individual, Borch Hashem, he's from now, um, who... He was beginning of his process, etc. He was grappling with that. He doesn't understand why I have to, you know, learn Torah and keep mitzvahs. I know what it means to be a good person. I can, I just trust my mind and I understand what it means to be a good person. And, uh, and you see that people in general tend to be good people and then, you know, etc. So, like, why isn't it good enough? Why, can, why do I need more? Why do I need a divine direction? I can figure it out myself. Uh, so I told him that, uh, first of all, that a lot of these principles that you're assuming, the reason why they're so obvious to you is because they become part of the, they become part of the fabric of society, because the Judeo Christian principles and values have been accepted as part of the, the foundation of society. I'm like, I can't guarantee you if you go and join the Hottentots, you know, that they're going to selling think like that, right? So the fact that you're 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 saying you're rendering the Torah superfluous because the Torah has been absorbed so much that it's obvious. That's not a good argument. But you probably want to go see the source and see what it has to say. I said, number one. Number two, there's, the details are going to be challenging sometimes. It's wrong to, to murder. How do you define murder? Right? Is, is, is killing a fetus considered murder or not? If killing people to, for the betterment of society, is that considered murder? There's going to be places where you're going to you're going to grapple with where where you draw lines. So that's so seichel will take you to to some degree, but there's going to be a limit where where, where seichel doesn't work. But what we are saying is, but when the seichel does work, it's because the bershem put the seichel as the kli, which allows us to understand the Torah. Um.
I want, so I want to go back to that, that thought process and go back to Stockholm. So, so Stone was destroyed because they didn't get Stockholm. But some of the tried not because they didn't get Stockholm, because they didn't, they allowed the, 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 the desire for, for their possessions to blind them to the logical process that you're supposed to understand that it's appropriate to, to share. Now, why is that so logical? Why is that so obvious? We, where does that come from that that should be so, so obvious that that should be so? Well, where, well, where did Avram get it from? Avram is the polar opposite of that. It, 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 he wasn't being taught it. And it's, you know, it wasn't like, it was like everybody around him was all doing that. Like, I guess, uh, rephrase the question. If it's so obvious, right, fundraising should be much easier. Right, everybody should be running to me and giving me giving me money because you know, they want to, They want to, it's, it's such an obvious thing to do. I should be just just, just sit here and all of the money will will just pour in, etc. Right, and, and every single fundraiser in the country should you know we should get rid of fundraisers because they will you know just it, just need a guy to, to, to cash the checks. But it doesn't work like that, right? I don't. I don't know. You know, we have a mitzvah to give meiser, so you know we we give out x amount. So I remember, I remember a, a few years ago. A few years ago, I mean, sometime in the last twenty years, like one of the presidents, um, you know, they were there. You know, they they're pushing him to release his, his tax returns. You know, so he releases his tax returns, you know, and they listed how much money he gave the charity. I gave more money to the charity than he did. I gave multiple times more money to charity than he did, and I make a lot less than he did, besides his salary. But all of the various different benefits that the the you know, the, the speaking engagements and the the books etc. that the people get, he was doing what you know because I'll say that you know one of the signs of the Jews is that they're Rachmanim and they're Gemachasadim. So it's a Jewish trait to give a lot of charity. But it doesn't seem to be that it's absorbed into society in an obvious way. So where did Rum get it from? So so Chazal say he got it from a Kaddish Baruch So he looked at the world and he says, the, the Barsham obviously created the world to be a benefactor, to give. The Barsham created the world to be a benefactor. That means that the greatest benefit is to be able to connect to him and see the world through his eyes. I cannot connect to him unless I'm similar to him. So I should also be a benefactor. Now, we would look at that and say, that's not an obvious thought process. You need a Romavino to figure that out. So, but, but the Torah is not like that. The Torah says that we're going, Stone, who had taken the opposite of that to the point of becoming something which was systemic as opposed to just happening, but they made it into policies. They distorted the, way, the, the whole concept of the world. So they had to be destroyed. I, you know, so I'm not sure how, how to say the next step of the thought process. I don't, how, many of you, how many of us wake, wake up in the morning and say, you know, really need to be, really need to be like God. 
And it's obviously, that's, that's obviously the purpose of the Bria, is to be like God. And since God is benevolent, I should be benevolent. And since God, you know, overlooks, I should overlook, and you know, etc. But the, the, the Torah is telling us that that's how you're supposed to think. So there's a thought process which sometimes, which I, I, I think the answer is because of the Shoich Shavoy. But an, an objective observer who's standing outside of the world, looking at the world, and realizing that there's a creator, and the, obviously the creator, the creator world, created the world for a purpose. These are these are logical things. So we need to like sometimes, if we're not going to get it, they're just based on simple logic. I mean, because we have this, the motivation not to think about that. So we need to be honest to ourselves. Why am I not thinking like that? And that and start train our minds to start thinking that direction. I think I told you the story I had with the, the you know um I told you recently the story with the fellow in Dayton with the um uh, the, the the Bible criticism. I th- I told you recently. Yeah, whatever. Okay, let's repeat it again. So I was in a seed program. Okay, so we we were in we were in Dayton, Ohio in a seed program. A fellow comes in that he wants to discuss Bible criticism with me. So I asked, I said, okay, you know, I said, but how'd you get the, 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 Bible criticism is not like one of the in vogue type of things to study nowadays. Like, you know, it was very in vogue 100 years ago, 150 years ago. Like now it is not so, like, he says, well, how many I went to an H the discovery weekend and they have this whole process. They prove, they prove the divinity and the truth of the Torah. Well, the Torah is true. I have to change my lifestyle and keep all the mitzvahs. I don't want to change my lifestyle and keep all the mitzvahs. So I, I have to prove the Torah is not true. So I started reading this book which says that the Torah is not divine. R- written by a rabbi in the, in, in the Jewish Theological Seminary. Uh, pointing out that, that there's multiple authors of the book and it doesn't make any sense. It's clearly not from God, etc., etc., etc. I said okay, so let me hear like let me hear what you know what, what, what some of these proofs are. So the first proof he says because you know it says in Parshas Noach, it says two animals, it says seven animals, right? So clearly it must be two different authors, because what was the tour was it seven? So I said you know what I have to tell you if it was two authors they had a horrible editor, right? That's that's that was what I said. But I said you know I said I have to tell you that. This question was asked by one of the early commentators. Named, his name is Rashi. He says, the rabbi himself didn't think of this question. He wrote it like, as if like it was, like, it was his, like, his idea. I said, no, no, this early commentator asked the question. He says, do you think that rabbi heard of Rashi? He says, of course he heard of Rashi. I already heard of Rashi. Right? And then I, get, and I told him, you know, I showed him Rashi, I showed him the answer. He said, let me hear something else. He says, there's, a, there's a, the version of the story of Dovah in Golias, in, in, in Sefer Shmuel, and, and, and in Zebra Yomim is different. I said, okay, it's a good question. The Radak asked the question. Right? I showed, you know, we discussed the Radak. So he says to me, you mean the, this rabbi didn't think of it himself? He didn't, and, and didn't indicate there are answers? I said, I don't know. I, I assume that, you know. So that's not being honest. I don't know. I, you know, 
I said, now this is a fellow whose honesty was such that he, if it's, he told me, he says, one of my friends said, listen, you know, whether it's true or not, who cares? You don't do it, don't do it. He says, no, no, if it's, if it's true, I have to do it. So that was the level of honesty that the person had. So the idea that the rabbi was being dishonest discredited the whole book. So that was the end of that book. It took me about, you know, two examples to get him past the, that book. The, um, so, but, but here, the person was grappling with the fact that he was least recognized that there's that, that, that there's the honest answer and there's a, there's the desires which are saying no. So that's a that's at least a healthy state to be. I'm not being honest. I don't want to walk around a certain way. I don't want to act a certain way. But at the same time, I I recognize that maybe that's the right thing to do. So, but then it's it's a goal to work towards. But if I ignore that it exists because I'm so uncomfortable with the idea that I'd just rather pretend that it doesn't exist, that's wrong. So there's there's a fascinating. A fascinating piece from the Kedis Yitzchok. Kedis Yitzchok was written by Yerviza Rama, one of the Risharnim. And he talks about Stone and he says that the problem with Stone wasn't that they did something wrong. The problem with Stone is that they, that they, they, they made it into a philosophy. They made it into an ideology. You know, it's the right thing to do to share with others. That's, the, that's the, the purpose of the world is to be like the creator, to share, to give to others. I like my money. I don't want to share. So in that sense, I'm a bad person. But there's that's that that's we can we can respect that that state of being. I don't like being a bad person. So the answer is, but I don't want to give my money away. So it's it's wrong to give money away. It's bad to give money away. I'm a good person because I'm keeping the, the rules, the philosophy, the ideology. He says that's a distortion of the truth, and that's that's a horrible thing. So, two examples of this. Um, there is uh, one of them is not his. I'll tell you his second, because his is pretty shocking. Right, um, the the marshal talks about the more says a story that the. Um, the the Kachamur have a conversation with with the, this Roman leader of a, some type of a platoon, etc. Um, and um, they got to a halacha which was uncomfortable to present it as is. The, the guard would be insulted. It wasn't necessarily the healthiest thing to have the going be insulted when he had the power to chop up your head. So they gave an answer. So more says that they were held, they were chai misa for that answer. So the question is like, what did they do wrong? So the Rashal says that these were the rabbis who were the, they they were the place they were the the, the depository of where Torah is, and if they're going to distort the message of Torah, the truth of Torah is being distorted. That's something you have to give you, give up your life to prevent. It's the Rashal writes. So. The the Kedishism says the following: There was a problem of um, 
in certain kehilas that there were young women who were making themselves available for, for the young men of the community for pay. And let's leave it leave it at that. So some of the leaders of the community, there was one community where they were actually paying the women. The community paid, out of the community coffers, they paid the women to be available to the young men because so they wouldn't get involved with the shiksas or with the shishishas because they would have the, 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 the girls to, to be available for them for their, for their, their uh, interests. This is what he writes. <laughs> this was taking place in a medieval Jewish community, you know, that the 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 the, the, the community was supporting right, these women to be available. Right. This is what he writes. She says, like, you 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 can't, you know, people like they do something wrong, but you can't institutionalize it. You can't make it a philosophy that's a good thing. That's a distortion of Torah, right? So that you can't do. And so that was, the, and then he continues, and that, that was the hate of start. So we've sort of talked about around this issue of that the Russian gave a seichel, and seichel really, if it's when it's in its pure state, should be logical and should bring us to the right things. We spoke about the limitations of seichel. That the Russian obviously there's certain points that are beyond the human mind to grasp. And that's that's appropriate. We shouldn't think that we 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 can figure everything out. We we have limitations. We talk about that, that one of the challenges of to the seichel is this idea that that we will distort the truth for our benefit. And when when we we do that, and then we institutionalize it, we we make it into an ideology and a philosophy. That's a terrible thing. Because then there's, it, 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 we codify the distortion, and it becomes it becomes a reality which we're never going to get out of. Um, so I think that the the juxtaposition of this the the, the redak by Avimelech and the the Akedisko by Stone, they're both bringing out this this idea. And I guess the last point that we're, we're touching on is that. We've never really thought about the idea that the logic tells me it, logic is compelling that you're supposed to be that you're supposed to be sharing of the largesse of the world with others. Now, that's not just a mitzvah. That's something which the Torah is faulting stone that they didn't they didn't figure this out because there's no command to the shemitz to give stock. But that you have bounty and you have more bounty than you need, and you're going to keep it for yourself. If we're honest about it, it doesn't make any sense. And that we should be in the Russian put into our nature, the natural state of being of man is to be one who appreciates giving to others. We see it, you know, whether Jewish or not Jewish, etc. People get a certain glow and good feeling when they when they help others. Why is that? The Russian hardwired us. To be like that, because at that point we're like Hashem. The the, the Yetzirah comes. The other person, you want to be like God. That is true. That, that, why did that? Why did that sale? Why was it a good sales pitch? He says, no, I'd rather be me, not God. Right? He the, the, the Russian made us. Salamalakim means we have an we have a natural inclination towards being being in some way like the Creator, and that that's what giving stock is. 
and they share, sharing with others, caring for others, helping others, and you have the, the, the abundance, you can't do anything with anyway, and not give it, like, what's wrong with you? That you've, 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 you've changed the Surah Sada. So I, I think I'll, end, I'll end with that. It's going to get late, but this. Um, Rebel Wine has a line. It says, the more says that, that by Rish Lakish, that when he was Nifter, so um, he left over a cava of marikas. Marikas were a, which was a vegetable, which was, grew wild. And you could go down by the, by the marsh and pick it. And he would pick them, and that's how he supported himself and his family. He, was, he let, sat and learned the whole day. And he lived on these these Dika. So when he passed away, he had nothing to his name. He had one container of Marikas. He says, in, he, he, he applied himself to the Pesach as he was dying, that he wasted his strength to leave over a legacy to others. Because he could have picked one kav less and learned more. He didn't need that kav. So he left over basically nothing for his family, nothing for his children. Rebel Wine says, it's a definitely different thought process than the thought process that we have of, you know, Making these tremendous amount of money and putting it away in savings, and etc. etc. So, um, he says, you know, at some one point, like, what are we doing? Why aren't we sharing more? Why, why are we holding on to it? Like, what, what, what's the thought process? So I once, you know, had I tell you, had the conversation with this, um, this, uh, I'm a cheapskate, financial advisor. Offered an hour free for some advice, you know. So I figured, oh, for an hour, you know, for for free, I'll take it. And Morris says that something to offer for free is worth worth that amount of money. Um, Morris says a doctor who heals who heals for free is is worth the amount of money you paid for him. Um, which is exactly what happened. So I came to this, you know, I was looking. This is this is like twenty years ago. I wanted to find a way to set up some some type of fund. To uh, put money away to, uh, to, to, to for the kids' tuitions, she says. No, the first thing you have to do is make a retirement fund. He says, I don't want to make a retirement fund. I want to put money towards kids' tuitions. He says, I have a chiyuv and responsibility to take care of my, my children, make sure that they should that, that they should I should I should train them. That's the responsibility that I, that I need to spend, spend my money on. That's a priority to me more than putting money away for myself. I'll deal with it. Right? But I have a mitzvah to, to, to teach my children. I want to make sure I have enough money for that. No, 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 you have to go to retirement first. And we went. We basically spent an hour arguing which one goes first. And the hour was up, and that was the end of the conversation. Right? So I got a good schmooze out of it. I didn't get, get any money out of it. didn't get any help with the money out of it, but I got a good schmooze out of it. Like he couldn't wrap. He was trained to think that the first thing you have to, you you have to do is 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 amass money for yourself. I said I'm not planning to retire. I, I want to keep working as long as I can. What will be after that? You know, it's a good question. I'll have to figure that out. And yes, at some point I have to think about. I don't want to be a burden on society. Right. So, I, but but right now I have a mitzvah to to, tra- to teach my children, and that's my my priority. I mean, I want to figure out a way to make sure I can fund that. That's my mitzvah right now. That's more important to me than saving money for later. Right? And he couldn't wrap his head around it. Like we were talking like this to each other. So our society has put that idea on a pedestal. 
Why is it the normal thing that a, I told you Tversky's story about the about the pancakes? Right, right. I see David smiling. Yeah, remember the pancake story. Sammy, remember the pancake story? A fellow comes to a psychiatrist. He's asked, he said, what are you here for? He said, I, just, I don't know. He says, well, but why'd you come? He says, my family thinks that I'm crazy. He says, so why do you think you're crazy? He says, I don't know. Well, what do they say? They said, they think I'm crazy because I like pancakes. So the psychiatrist says, what's wrong with liking pancakes? They always like pancakes. He says, really? You have to visit my house. I have thousands stored in the attic. Right? Why is it that that's 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 not normal, right? So why and and having pieces of paper which are green, which have pictures of presidents on them, is is normal? Why is that normal? Because our society said it's normal. It's normal. But why is that normal? Right. So so I can give you some answers. What the thought process is? It, it gives you power. It gives you a sense of security, etc. But the bottom line, the Russian gave you th- th- these things to do good things with them. He didn't give them to you that you should put them away and squirrel them away. So, if you have an, if if you have if you argue that I have responsibility not to be burdened on somebody, therefore I'm doing it for that responsibility. That's a good argument. That's so. I'm again. I'm addre- using this to address my responsibilities. But do something to make me feel good. Right? Look, that's why the Russian gave it to you. That was stone. I mean, we're not that right from stone. Right? But if you think about it, it's not a logical thing. So that's what, you know, that's the, some of the thoughts I had. Okay, David.